It's time for Pitmaster and the Doc! Hey guys, Pitmaster here, and I'm here with guess who? The Doc! John, good to see hey, you. Hey, what's up? Pitmaster and the Doc. We're going to talk about a couple things. Number one, we're going to talk about bones in your hand. Number two, we're going to talk about fractures. Number three, we're going to talk about UFC uh, St. Louis, Missouri. And it was a pretty good card. Um, I only watched the main card. Um, I wouldn't say it was the best card of the year so far. <laughs> Which is, it's only January. It was okay. It wasn't great. So, um, let's talk about it. Um, we're going to start with, with, the, with the card. And let's, let's start with the main event. And the main event was Jeremy um, Stevens against uh, the, the Korean wonder boy, Doho Choi. Is he a um, super boy? Super boy. He came out to the Superman theme song, which I thought was pretty cool. I thought, I actually thought that was, uh, I thought that was Star Wars. It was a Superman. Oh, movie. okay. Yeah. <laughs> Makes so, more sense now. Yeah. Um, I honestly thought the fight would go exactly that way. Um, I thought I thought uh, Jeremy Stevens would just massacre or not molest. That's a terrible word. Manhandle, um, maul. I don't. I thought I thought uh, definitely uh, Jeremy was gonna win, but. Um, but in the beginning, when it, the fight first started, just how sharp uh, Choi was with his with his right hand. I mean, it was he had some he had some really good straight rights. I think they were straight rights. Whatever his rear, his rear hand was landing, but um, and I thought he might catch him. So the first round, but towards the end of the first first round, I realized he wasn't moving his head at all. And, and and Jeremy Stevens was starting to come on more, and I was starting to think, oh shit, it's it's just a matter of time. I didn't think Choi could keep doing what he was doing um, after I realized that um, Jeremy could started to tag him. Once he started to tag him a little bit, I th I I didn't think it would last for long, and it didn't. In the in the second round, uh, Jeremy caught him with a couple of punches. Great combination. Uh, he hit the ground. Jeremy got on top of him. Landed some brutal elbows. Um, there were some brutal strikes in the last few seconds. Yeah. Of the fight. I didn't think I didn't think it was stopped too early, but uh, a couple people did. Uh, it was a good stoppage. He I was not. He was not going to win he, that fight. He wasn't going anywhere. He didn't want to go on. Um, he's tough as nails. Uh, Doho Choi. Um, he'll he'll be back. He's gonna he's gonna be in that division for a while, and he's he's very entertaining. He's a great martial artist, but um, he it was not stopped too early. He it he, it was stopped just right. The referee did an outstanding job. Um, so the fight was stopped. But what do you think about the whole fight? I thought the stoppage was fine. Uh, I was watching that fight at home. We didn't watch the fight together, but my wife was pretty worried for Duho 
Yeah. <laughs> Before the fight started, she said, this little boy is going to get hurt. And she wouldn't watch it. So, uh, wow. And she was right. So He did get hurt, but he's no little boy. But he's, he just looks like one. He just looks young. He's 26 or so. He's I had to look it up because he looks, he looks pretty he young. He has such a baby face. He does not look like a fighter, but he... To me, the main thing that lost that fight for him was his lack of head movement. Or actually lateral movement as well. He was way too stationary and he was trying to time everything that Jeremy threw. So he was timing stuff and he was... So Jeremy was... Jeremy tends to wind up a little bit because he's a power puncher. So Doho was, was able to time him and move out, out of the way of the punch. But then when Jeremy started putting more than one punch together, his lack of head movement was his, to me, that was his downfall. Because once he got caught uh, with some of Jeremy's solid shots, while moving backwards, it was, it was just a matter of time. And the beginning of the second round, he got caught and he went down. I think so, in the first round, he dodged a couple of those moving backwards that were really close. Really close. And then he just, he did that didn't keep up. No, I didn't think he would be able to do that for very long. Most people can't, unless your name is Muhammad Ali, Sugar Ray Leonard, or uh, Roy Jones Jr. Um, you can't. You just can't do that. You have to keep your head moving to keep it a moving target. You have to keep your feet moving to keep yourself even more of a moving target. Because if you're planning on missing every punch, it's kind of like what Anderson Silva did against Chris Weidman. He was trying to time every punch, and then he missed that left hook and got knocked out. I don't think it's a good strategy to do that. Um, I think Doho Choi is going to be back, and with his precision knockout punching, I think he'll, he'll stay relevant for a while, maybe even go for a title run. But he needs to move his head more. He needs to move his feet more. He can't be so stationary and try to dodge each punch as it comes because punches and bunches or a really fast puncher is going to catch him every time. Bang. And, Bang. That's, and that's what happened. And that's what happened. It was, it, so it was, a, it was a quick fight. Jeremy Stevens is on a roll, man. He's come back. He's a little, what's his name is like, he has some crazy name like Evil something or I don't know, but he's, he's definitely a brutal, uh, a brutal fighter. Um, and uh, he's, he's, I see him making a title run, definitely. He has, he has way too many strengths to match his weaknesses to not make it. I think his, his strengths far outweigh his weaknesses. And uh, he's on a roll. Um, I, I see him going all the way to the top. What do you think? Well, we'll see. We'll see where he goes. We'll see where or he goes. What he's ranked right now or before that fight. I, I don't even know. I don't even keep track of that. I no. just watch the fights. I'm not, I'm not a big rank guy. Number nine. He's ranked number nine. Yeah. He's, he's, he's going to... Yeah. I, I, I don't really know his record too well, who he's fought and who he hasn't. Because he was kind of under the radar, just known as a real tough guy. But like his last five or six fights, he's definitely made a huge statement. And I think he's in title contention now. Second fight. The second fight before. Was this the co-main? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it should have been the co-main, but whatever. Um, Paige Van Zandt. It's right here. Yeah. This one. Paige Van Zandt. I mean, tough as nails. 
Um, she doesn't look like she fights because she looks like a, a, a pretty girl. Instead of a pretty boy, I'm going to say pretty girl. But like, she looks like she just doesn't want to get hit. She's going to just just um, be a boxer or be a mover or try not to get hit. Man, she goes in banging. And, and the girl she fought, Jessica Clark, um, she was more uh, wanting to get the takedown. But she was slugging too. And somewhere in the, I think, second round, um, she, Paige Van Zandt did a spinning hammer blow and it caught her head on her, uh, on her yeah, forearm. And you could just see her grab it for a second. But then she went on and fought like, like nothing was wrong. And she finished out the fight. Well, we, in the third round, though, she didn't fight like nothing was wrong. She didn't use her right at all. Oh, she didn't? Yeah, she held her right. She didn't throw it. She threw it once, maybe. Very, not much behind it. But she was really protecting it. So she was came down. In the third round, it was all kicks. You could tell she was hurt. Okay. So oh, yeah. she, and then, but she, but she, uh, she didn't let it show in her face. Yeah. She's pretty tough. I had no idea. I knew the second that she landed it, that she hurt something. But a lot of times you just hurt something and it's like a bruise and she just like grabbed it for a sec and kept fighting. But that shows a hell of a lot because that, that was a, a real break. There, I got, there's a picture of it here somewhere. So, I mean, it was a real break and, and she kept fighting for like a round and a half with a completely... A completely broken arm. If, yeah, if you guys it's hard to see it. see it on there, but yeah, so she broke her ulna, which is one of the two bones in your forearm, and it's not just cracked, it's displaced. I mean, the bone ends aren't barely even touching each other, so that's a pretty bad fracture. In orthopedics, that fracture is one we call a, a nightstick fracture, which is classically when cops used to have nightsticks, and if I was hitting you with a nightstick, you put your hand up to protect yourself, and you break your ulna, so... In the ER, we call it a nightstick fracture, even though nowadays it's probably just, a, it's usually a self-defense fracture, though. This was, for her, wasn't a self-defense fracture. Yeah. It was a striking fracture. She was offense. It was an offensive fracture. But this is one of those things that you teach us in the class. You know, you do a spinning back fist, and you have to worry about your elbow. Usually, You know, yeah. if you, if you hyperextend your elbow, if someone closes or gets close, you can dislocate your elbow. Well, you can also do this. This is yeah, another potential even... complication of a spinning back fist is you break your forearm. I've seen many people dislocate their their elbow with a spinning back fist, spinning elbow, or a spinning hammer blow, which is the same strike. Because when they're spinning, they straighten out their arm, and then when somebody's head comes in, they hit them with their, you know, they hit their elbow on the head, and it dislocates their elbow. I've probably seen it like three or four times in my career. I've never seen anyone break their ulnar uh, bone on a spinning back fist and just the fact that she did it and kept fighting and then you see that fracture and it's a substantial fracture that shit must have hurt like crazy i don't care how much adrenaline a, cr a fracture like that is gonna she knows it's broken um and she it must have caused intense pain i mean you break a bone in your arm shit's gonna hurt so what do you do if it's your fighter and you know it's broken and it's between rounds? You know, there's another round left. Yeah. Are they going to be able to fight effectively? Yeah. You know, do you throw in the towel and say, look, you're done. Your arm's broken. You can't really effectively a... defend yourself. Right. Or when do we just cut our losses and, and stop? Yeah. That's, um, 
That'd be a good question, and and the answer I would give is in that situation. And I'm not saying her corner did the wrong thing because I don't know if they knew or not. But I would have stopped the fight. The main reason being, um, this is a UFC fight, true, but it's not a title fight. It's not a huge, huge fight. It's not a pay-per-view fight. Um, so there wasn't that much on the line. And number two, she wasn't winning going into the third round. So that, just that alone, the fact that she wasn't going, winning going into the third round, um, and it wasn't a fight that was huge consequences to it, um, and it was a broken arm, not a broken hand, um, I would have stopped it in the, in the, if, if I knew, if I knew. But she, I don't know if her corner knew or not. Maybe she didn't know. Maybe she just thought she had a really bad bra- uh, bruise. Yeah, so you never know. Uh, for me, as a fan and watching it, knowing that she's willing to still fight another whole round that's, that's crazy. with one arm, that's badass. I mean, she's tough. Yeah. And uh, so I, as a fan, you like to see that. I'm glad she didn't get hurt worse and didn't turn this fracture into something Compound worse. Compound fracture. Yeah, so it could have turned into an open fracture. Yeah, that would have been terrible. Um, so that would be bad. And then her corner would have been saying, well, we should have stopped the fight, shouldn't we? And, but, and, but in retrospect, they didn't. And she fought it out. She clearly wanted to keep fighting. Yeah. She didn't look like she didn't want to fight at all. No, so I don't know. In my book, I think she's pretty tough. And she's, this, she's this is a sport for people that are pretty tough. So... Yeah. I, I don't know. I, she doesn't lose any stock by continuing to fight even though she lost. I think it kind of gives her, well, she lost, but look, yeah. she's fighting with a broken arm. Exactly. I think I think the fact, and I didn't know she had a broken arm when I saw the fight. I go, okay, that's a, that's, a, that's a decision for sure for Jessica. I had no idea it was broken, and I didn't even notice she wasn't really using it in the third round. Yeah, if you go back and watch it, she doesn't use it at all. Yeah, so, so I didn't notice that. So, so um technically what happens if she can't come out like say her corner throws in the towel that's a loss or is it a no contest or oh, it's a loss it's a it, was a, it was a le- it was the jessica didn't do anything wrong to cause it if jessica committed a foul to cause an injury then it's a no contest or even a technical decision for uh page depending on the circumstances but if you get hurt just you get hurt during the fight and there's no foul you and you can't continue. You're going to lose every. So no time. contest typically a foul situation when there's a no contest. Yes. Okay. Yeah, almost always. Um, and it, it to me, Paige, the way she's been fighting lately shows how tough she is. This fight right here, the will, the willingness to to fight a round and a half with a freaking substantially broken arm, not even a little metacarpal. That was the ulnar. That's a huge bone. You know, considering, I mean, if you, I'll tell you if it's a huge break or not. If it's your break, it's huge. So watching that break <laughs> is like, hi, that, that chick is tough as fucking nails, man. The fact that she would fight a round and a half with a, I'm going to say it, severely broken arm. That's severely. If it was your kid or you, you'd consider it severely. I'm considering that that break severe. Well, I'd also consider it severe because it looks like it needs surgery. So yeah. So there you go. Even even the doc says it's severe. So that means it's technically severe. You can't even you can't say it's not anymore if he says it is. 
All right. So next fight. Next anyway, fight. We're looking forward to see Paige come back uh, and, and heal up and get her arm fixed and you know, bone like that. She'll be out. Uh, you know, that one kick though. You got to do something besides that one kick. We got to talk. I'm gonna show you a couple things. I'm gonna I'm gonna call your camera talk. So to you when your arm. arm's broken, you need more than that. Then just more than just that one kicking combination, like the left right one, left right. Just you need to mix up your game a little bit. We'll talk. But okay. her, her arm was broken. All right, back off. All right. So the next, <laughs> the next one, uh, the third fight. What do you think of this fight, John? I thought it was good. It's it's Kamaru, right? Yeah, yeah. Kamaru, Edsman, and then uh, Emil Meek. Um, the Norwegian. To me, and this, I mean. Maybe because I've never seen this meat guy, really. I haven't really... Maybe I haven't. I haven't paid attention. But I have seen Usman. I was expecting more out of Usman. He says he's only 30% of, for this fight. Um, uh, the only thing that baffled me about that was... I kind of liked him up until that statement. Is Why? Was he hurt? I mean, why is he only fighting at 30%? So, and, it had a, and it went to decision. I could say, if he knocked him out and said, I was only fighting 30%, that's one thing. But I don't know. I think Emil... Meek, and I'd love to work with you. So if you guys are watching it out there, I want I want to work, I'd like to work with you a little, um, because I was more impressed with him, um, just because I think he's a little uh, newer on the scene. Um, Usman, if he was thirty percent, he did fantastic. I don't know what that means. Thirty percent, he didn't really make it clear, but if you were thirty percent, all the props, and, and and I think you did a killer job. If you were a hundred percent, this this fight was was pretty close. Um, I thought just the 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 way he wouldn't engage and just kept going for the takedown and and wasn't really doing much in the takedown. I mean, it was it was kind of it kind of made it a little more boring than it could have been. And the Viking wanted to strike a little more and make it more of a fight. Um, so I wasn't really crazy about the fight at all. I was more impressed with the Viking. He's newer on the scene. I want to, with the, when he works on his takedown defense a little more, um, I think he's going to be definitely a force to be reckoned with. If Usman was really just 30% when he won that decision, I think he's going to be a killer, non-stoppable, unstoppable. But if he was 100% and that's, that was his fight, then I'm not as impressed. It wasn't really a good fight. It was kind of one of these boring fights where I love a good grappler if he's going to make something happen, but I don't think you made much happen during these takedowns. It was more like safety first. I don't really like those kind of takedowns unless it's my fighter. <laughs> but um, so I wasn't that impressed with that fight, except for I was mega impressed with the Viking. Work on your takedown defense a little bit. Your striking is going to carry you uh, to a title if that's what you want. But you need to work on your takedown defense a little more because everybody everybody will know that you're going to be the better striker. All they got to just take you down. And if you can't defend that takedown, um, you're not going to go very far. So, But with that said, Usman is no normal guy. He's an excellent takedown guy. So, you know, it's not like you got taken down by some, you know, high school wrestler. But... Still, with that said, if you want to go to that level, the next level, you need to work on your takedown defense. What do you think? Yeah, well, I think the stats on this fight show and the time and control for Usman was 13 minutes of a 15-minute fight. Yeah, so, yeah. So that, and that kind of sums up the whole fight. Wow. 
So, yeah, but I was impressed with the Viking. Uh, and if, if Usman is really 30%, I want to know why you're 30%. What was wrong? But if that's true, which I'm not saying it is or isn't, but if it is, man, you're, you're, uh, you're, you're going to be a world beater. Okay, now we got Elkins Johnson. Okay, Johnson and Elkins, they both, they're both kind of similar to each other um, in different ways. I think they both like to get hit to hit. I mean, if you remember Johnson's uh, Diaz fight, I mean, it was just like brutal. I mean, he'll just, he'll keep, he is tough as fucking nails. But so's Darren Elkins. He's more of a wrestler, um, even though he, he he's not afraid to stand and bang, but his his striking is not nearly as good as, as Johnson's. But his wrestling's better. And Johnson and they're both equally tough as nails. So they're willing to stand there and just beat the shit out of each other. Um, but Elkin said, fuck this, I'm gonna take you down and he took him down and went right to work and got a submission in the... I don't even know what round it was. The second round. Second round. Um, so what it proves is... It proved one thing. They're both tough as nails. Uh, but then it proved how... How uh, resourceful Elkins is. I think he's going to go... I think he's going to keep climbing the ladder. But he needs to work on his striking. His striking isn't up to par... And he was able to take down uh, Johnson. Um, but if he wasn't able to, then I don't think he would have won that fight. And I think he needs to work on his striking. He needs to get a little sharper with his striking. So was there anything from the prelim fights at all that you know about? No, or? I didn't watch any of them. Yeah, I didn't hear much about it. I want to see the James Krause fight. That's the, I, I tuned in just too late to watch that. That was the only one. Uh, white, white against Kraus, but I didn't get to see it. Um, so, Elkins, work on your strike a little bit. Get a little bit sharper. Um, Johnson, a little bit sharper with your striking. Um, and, and, and a little more lateral movement. You're too willing to slug. And if you're going to slug with someone that you could have outstruck moving, you don't, don't, don't be a macho guy. A little more lateral movement. Use your speed a little bit more. Um, but I think Elkins, you need to work on your striking a little bit and you're going to be, you're going to be exponentially better than you are right now because your heart is as big as a lion. So is yours, Michael Johnson. Uh, I just think you both need to work on a couple of things. Bing. Think so? Yeah. All right. So let's talk about, um, real quick. Um, this is the hand. And as you can see, this isn't a real hand. This is like, a, there's a lot of little bones in here, 28 to be exact, right? Yeah. Um, but a lot of the bones are just little bones here, and that would be that would be right about here. And those bones, like they're held together with ligaments and tendons and shit, but they shift. And that a lot of times when you get a broken hand, that's what's breaking. So you don't really have a broken hand. The other times you're gonna break one of these, okay? Usually over here, it's usually this one, right? It's always this one. This, this one, the boxer. So the boxer's fracture is a fifth metacarpal fracture, so it's the one on your small right. finger, but it's part of your hand. Right. So the most common thing I most see common. in my office from a striking injury is a boxer's fracture, so a fifth metacarpal fracture. 
Most of them don't need surgery, but they hurt, and you're usually you end up a little deformity after they heal. But every time someone comes in my office with that fracture and they say I fell, they were usually in a fight. <laughs> so there, it's it's usually from striking with a closed fist. It's a closed fist injury. Okay. With so, that said, with that said, yeah, um, that's true. And when you one thing when you are punching, you always want to tr try to punch with these two knuckles. But you can't always punch with those two knuckles because your opponent isn't just a piece of wood standing there like when you're breaking wood. Your opponent is actually moving all over the place. So you might be trying to hit with these two knuckles and then he moves and you hit with your pinky knuckle and so you break it. So you can't stop that from happening, but you can minimize it more by Wolf's Law, which we talked about before. You need to densify that's a word is it <laughs> you just made it you need to densify these bones so that so they don't crack crack is easy with uh with page pages spinning hammer blow anytime you're training and hitting a bag and lifting weights you're making your bones denser but you can't continually hit this bone and make it denser um, you can make it denser through weight-bearing exercise right. through your arms. So Which I'm sure Paige does a lot of. Weightlifting, push-ups, all that's going to make your bones stronger. Right. But with your hands, such of the, the, so much of it is going to rely on this because that's where you're connecting with a punch. And these are the smallest bones, much smaller than your, bone, your bones in your forearm or your, or, your, or your humerus bone. So you have to work on your 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 uh, densening up these bones, and the best way to do that is hit something without any gloves on. Okay, don't go ahead and do it hard to begin with, but take your time and hit and build up to it until you can you can strike better with these hands. You want to make that the only thing you can do to prevent injuries in your hand are making it harder. You want to make the muscles, the tendons, and the bones, okay, stronger. And by making the bones stronger, you just have to keep hitting things. There's no other way, all right? You can do a grip exercise and stuff, and that's going to work a lot on your forearms, but the best way to build up your hands is just hit a, a, an inanimate object with some, some padding on it, and just, we call it a makiwara, and just do it. If you want to get more on that, you can go to my YouTube channel, The Pit Online Dojo, and look on Wolf's Law, look on Makiwara, look on hand conditioning, and you're going to go there and find that. But that's the best way to, um, to, to develop your hands. Some people say don't punch in a street fight. Now, in a street fight, when I say a street fight, I mean life or death, not like two guys behind a bar squaring up. I don't even address that. That's not worth my time. I'm talking about a life or death situation. Okay, this guy makes millions of dollars with his hands. He does. He's shaking his head, but he does. Um, doing surgery. So we take precautions with him when he trains because I would, it would drive me nuts if he hurt his hand training. So we do extra precautions. But if he was in a street fight defending his family's life, right, then is it worth it for him to break his hand? Of course it is. Because if, the, if, if it's, the option is either break his hand 
or have somebody kill him and, and his family, of course he's going to defend his family by closing his hands and punching, and he might break his hand. Do you agree with that? Yeah, and then you get it fixed. So and then you, you get it fixed. If you're fighting in a life or death situation is different, you know, I don't need to break my hand here at the pit. No. <laughs> so that's why when he trains, you know, I take extra precautions with him than I do my other guys because if they break their hand training, that's that's bad. But, okay, you broke your fucking hand training. I've done it. Most martial artists have. So you, you get it fixed and you go back. But if you're making millions and millions and millions of dollars with your hands like he does, then it's not worth it. But if it's life or death, you always close your hands and you fucking swing for the fences to defend your life. Now, with that said, if it's a first strike scenario, a lot of times that first strike is going to be with an open hand. So we've been working on, we've been uh, deciding which 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 uh, bone is going to make the most connection when you throw a open palm strike like Boss Rudin used to in Pancrase. So if you want to see more of this, Google Boss Rudin Pancrase and you'll see you have to flex your hand all the way because if you don't, you're going to hit with your palm and it's like a bitch slap, all right? But if you want to really hurt someone, like Boss Rudin even used to drop guys with a liver shot with a with open hand. He was that good. You have to flex your hand all the way. And when you do that, you don't want to hit with this part by the pinky. That bone isn't as solid. This one is where you want to hit. You want to hit right with this pad right here towards the wrist. So that bone would be right about here, and that's called what? That's your trapezium. But the other bone, so the two bones on that side of your wrist are your scaphoid and your trapezium. I've never seen anyone break the trapezium. It happens, it's pretty rare. Scaphoid fractures, though, which is right under your finger there, uh, are really common. We see those all the time. And that's if you fall with your wrist extended in this position and you fall on your hand, you usually break your scaphoid just because of the shape of the scaphoid. It's like a big bean and it'll break right in the middle. But, but the scaph. But, but the, the one co contacting is, yeah, it was right there. It's probably your trapezium. So when you're hitting something, you want to hit with this bone right here, and that's the trapezium. So that, when you're training, to do open hand strikes, like first strike scenarios, you whip it that way, that's their trapezium and that's what you wanna, you don't really, I mean, you're gonna, you're gonna toughen it up a little bit, but mainly the reason you wanna practice doing that all the time is because you wanna be able to flex your hand like Boss Rudin does because you don't wanna just hit with, a, with your palm, you wanna hit with the heel of your hand right by your thumb, not by your pinky, beneath your pinky, you want to hit right beneath your thumb, and that's the trapezium, uh, the trapezium right? Trapezium, trapezium. scaphoid, yeah. So okay. that's mostly, a, what do you guys call it, a palm strike? Heel strike. Heel strike. I call it the tiger claw, but it's called the heel strike, just because I like tiger claw better. It sounds more, shh. That's cool, yeah. All right. So anyway, that's what we got today. If you got any questions, uh, make sure you send them in the comments. Put them in the comments in this uh, email. I mean email. Put them in the comments in this um, YouTube, or if you're on uh, SoundCloud, do we do comments on SoundCloud? Yeah, yeah, you can comment on SoundCloud. Okay, or comment, if you're listening to it, comment on SoundCloud. So either comment on YouTube or SoundCloud, and we'll be back next week uh, to give you more answers to your questions. We're gonna enlighten you, we're gonna entertain you, we're gonna irritate you, we're gonna befuddle you, we're gonna irritate you, we're going to annoy you, all kind of shit. Look at the fights next week. Oh, fights next Anything week. Anything you want to talk, people.
people should look out for. So there's some good fights coming up. Who's it? We got Stepek Miocek against uh, Francis so Ngannou. Title fight, and that's UFC 220. Oh, so that's gonna be brutal. That's gonna be. We'll brutal. have something to talk about next week. I have no idea. Who's the middle? Who's the, the Cormier, DC? Cor- I thought the other guy was like in jail or something. He's fighting Vulcan. I think wasn't he? Uh, wasn't I think he was like, prosecuted? Cor- I thought it was like at least. I think he, I thought it was like a prosecution or something. No, I think so. Yeah, DC's think... fighting next week. That's gonna be crazy. Who else? We got. Uh, I don't even know that guy, so I, I can't say. Uh, I didn't even know. Oh, Vante. That, let me see the other one. That's that crazy Vante guy. That guy's good. I don't really know the other guy he's fighting, so I don't know about that one. Uh, oh, Thomas Alameda. Or Rob Font. Okay, I'm going to go with Alameda. No, I don't know. Those are two real good guys. Thomas right. Alameda is great. So That'll be a good card, though. The last couple fights should be pretty... It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Watching, yeah, Cormier versus... How is he going to figure out Francis Nagano's... Uh, pu- uh, riddle or solve the puzzle put the last piece in the puzzle or solve the puzzle whatever you want to say it's going to be interesting to watch because Francis Nagano he doesn't have to solve a puzzle he just wants to go in and knock someone out but Steepig is not going to be an easy target so I don't know what's going to happen uh, DC I don't see DC losing that fight as long as he moves his head a lot and gets the takedowns how much longer do you think he'll fight I don't know. I, I, I think the sky's the limits for him. I, I think he's so good, it's unbelievable. Move your head, DC. Move your head and get the takedown. Fake a shot, take a shot. Fake a shot, take a shot, you're going to win. Thanks for coming, guys. All right, John. See you next week, man. All right, there we go.